Welcome back to West Beth. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today we have Season 9, Episode 4, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Mary, what happened this week? Kelly, I don't have any problems, Taylor, and Donna impulsively lease retail space and decide to open a store, all because a cute guy was drinking coffee in the courtyard outside. And Brandon's in New York for a job interview. And I guess also because Donna's stressed out with work piling up and Noah won't talk to her after his dad's funeral, but he will get a DUI about it. Guess it's a good thing cute coffee courtyard guy has a name and a job, and it's Matt and he's a lawyer which is good because no one needs one, and bad for flashback reasons we'll get into. Sophie thinks the Beverly Beats website would be much better if it broadcast a live feed of the goings-on within the vibrant newsroom, which in practice is actually a photo every five seconds, mostly of Sophie, once Steve convinces Janet to let her have a column. However, instead of capturing the hustle and bustle of the newsroom, it catches Sophie working at her desk and later banging David on it and later sleeping sadly on the couch because Steve kicks her out for lying to him. Carl is leaving Val's mom, and Abby wants to know why. Val tells her. (laughs) Okay, but the funniest thing in the world was when Sophie turned the camera towards the couch and then just laid down and stared sadly into it. I was losing my mind. It just... I mean, this is how she's going to get famous, guys, for just being her, for just existing. That's it. For being it's going to work. For being on a local newspaper's live feed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Just staring. I don't see the problem with that. <laughs> it's not part of the three-step plan. <laughs> you got to improvise, okay? <laughs> this is why I'm saying we needed a new plan. We needed a sub list to go after everything else. But you know what? <laughs> what do I know? I'm not Sophie. I didn't make my way to Beverly Hills. True. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, okay. So this episode um was not very good. Mm-mm. And it wasn't. I think that really kind of like this first scene sets the tone because it's dark at the beach apartment and Kelly is just like sitting there in the dark and silence staring out the window because her ex-fiance who she broke up with and told her to told to not interfere with her life hasn't called her in three days Mm -hmm. and like I think they don't know what to do with Kelly at this point like they've done a lot with her and she's kind of always had storylines but when she isn't dating someone, they don't really know what to do with her. They haven't figured out. Like, that's why, like, we were so excited when she got the clinic and the foundation kind of stuff. Because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is independent from just a relationship storyline, right? There's so many things you can do here. You can have her move around in the foundation. You can have her have, like, different jobs, experience different people, interact with other folks, like, all that kind of stuff. And now they've taken that away from her. And it makes sense. Like, again, we talked how meta it was that it was probably actually budget cuts for the locations, <laughs> even though they just got a brand new location. Um, <laughs> but it makes sense, like, that she would now kind of seem a little not consistent <laughs> with anything she says because they don't know what to do with her because they dropped the one thing that had so much potential. Yeah, that's. That's a good way to put it because I was thinking about that. I was like, she's kind of 
she made the comment of, I want to be underemployed. That's kind of what she's doing right now. And she's getting really mm-hmm. restless and just sitting there. But in a very meta sense, she is basically the face of the show at this point. And you can't just not have her in the episodes, even though she's not doing anything. Right. And so, like, when Donna comes in and, you know, they start talking and, and yeah, she mentions how Brandon hadn't called yet. And it's been three days. He's been in New York which what interview last three days, I'd like to know, but you know, who knows? But anyway, like when they start talking about like the memorial service for Noah's dad is the next day. She's not sure she wants, like, she isn't sure he wants anyone to go, but Kelly kind of insists. And like, there are some cute little friendship things. And again, like some of the best scenes in the show do surround Kelly and Donna because Jenny and Tori are such good friends in real life. So Mm -hmm. it almost is like, If they don't know what to do with Kelly, just put her with Donna, because at least then we get good chemistry. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, it almost feels that way with Donna, too, where they're just, like, leading up to something, but she's not doing Mm -hmm. anything yet, because Mm -hmm. we find out, like, the house is just covered in the Donna Martin designs. Like, she is constantly behind on work. She's struggling. She's always producing blah, 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 like... It does make sense that if we're going to make a shift into the real world and Brandon and Kelly are not together, that you put Donna and Kelly together. And then yeah. you have Noah being really distant, too. So Donna's basically single, if we're oh, being yeah. honest. And if she isn't basically single, she should be single. Oh <laughs> not that gosh. you should, like, leave someone in their time of need, but, like, kind of – I forget who's – I think it was Kelly who says it. Like, you know, eventually you kind of have to, like – make a decision right so well and this is kind of Noah's like fourth time of need right well and he's consistent with his behavior when he's in a time of need too Mm mm-hmm yeah so this is why they're both up at three o'clock in the morning I'm assuming because the next scene we see is Sophie sneaking out of David's house and he makes a comment it's three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. because She's sneaking out. She's like, I want to slow things down by not spending the night. And he's like, okay, so you slept for four hours and now you're getting up to leave? Like, (laughs) if anything, she's just depriving herself coffee. But Right, exactly. And she keeps saying she's on the waiting list for a dorm room. And I literally wrote down, I don't believe you. And David just wants her to stay. And I also don't know how to feel. I mean, I do know how to feel, but I... I think mostly I don't care about David and Sophie because like they haven't, they're just dating. This is not a relationship. They're just dating. And that's fine. If they were to keep it like that, that's fine. But it just feels like David kind of wants more, but I'm like, do you? Cause you don't seem to trust her or really like her all that much. You know, like you're just intrigued by her. No, so. I literally wrote, David is always so sus of the women he's dating, but in mm-hmm. this case, he's right. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then she makes that comment of, like, if this is about Steve, and he goes, if? Like, it's obviously about Steve, Sophie. How could we argue about anything else? And I'm sitting here thinking that David brought this on himself. Any jealousy he mm-hmm. has related to Steve, he brought on himself. He can't be mad at her for this. Exactly. And, like... <sighs> To your point, it's like he keeps 
attempting to end things or say that his friendship matters more or whatever, whatever. But then he immediately folds. So it's like, how strong is his constitution really? You know, it's not. Like, it's very weak because he literally keeps slipping back to Sophie for what? Like, what is he getting? I mean, I know what he's getting out of this, but like, what is he? What is the point, I guess? And And I know they had to like tie her to someone to make her a part of the show, but it just... It's never made sense from the from day one, like we've said. We know why, you know, she's on the show and why it became, like, why she's so prevalent on the show right now. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't really make sense. Yeah, and I think this is usually the kind of conversation we have where if the option is to have this story and have Sophie here or take her out and just spend more time on the other stories, we're fine to take her out. Right. Right. So the next morning, we go to Noah's dad's funeral where Noah's mom's giving a speech and then Noah tries to give a speech. And I do feel 100% certain at this time that we have written off Noah's brother and he doesn't exist anymore. Yep. Same. Like Noah's mom mentions our son, not specifying our son Noah. She just said our son. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're not like, oh, is it Noah or whatever his name is that I don't even remember. But I will say it's like if they were to op- like bring that back sometime later, maybe they could because even though she says our son, Josh is a half-brother. So technically mm. she's not wrong. <laughs> See, but and to I... not mention him is, you know, a different story. Yeah, and see, I totally forgot about that because I have just decided we wrote Josh off and he's gone. Yeah. Well, no, I still think that's the case. But then, like, if they were to bring him back later, which I don't think they do, it's like they at least have a little bit of a an excuse well, to. Let's be honest. They don't need an excuse to. But it would True. be nice. It would be mm-hmm. nice. And after Noah's mom gives her eulogy, Noah tries to give his. It goes really bad. His dad is just – he. Basically just says his dad's birthday and that he likes scotch with three olives and like, I don't know, his handicap in golf or something. Like very impersonal items and then he runs away. Like he's not handling this well. Yeah, like when he said that story where he's like, when you, my dad told me when you go on a trip, you lay out all your money and clothes and lay them on the bed, take half of it. And then, yeah, like you said, talks about his martinis and talks about golf and then just walks away. And he had this eulogy and he was prepared to say it and then just pivots Mm. completely. And then, yeah, walks away. And I think even like Donna tells Kelly, like, I should go after him. And she kind of like makes her stop, which probably the right move. Like, I I think I would probably tell my friend to not go after them, too, just because it's like you don't know. You don't – sometimes people just need space, you know? Mm. Yeah, this would definitely be a hard one where you'd have to gauge the person, and I think Noah is 100% the person that needs space, which is mm-hmm. why he and Donna go so poorly together because she wants to fix things. She's Saint Donna. Yes, exactly. And then we cut over to the Beverly Beat where I wrote – Sophie wrote in – article in quotes i refuse to believe that sophie has written anything worthwhile and steve wants to run it because steve still thinks he has any sort of a chance with this woman Mm -hmm. 
and Janet sees it. Janet has told him to his face. He doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> and she's just like, absolutely not. You cannot put this in the newspaper. And then Sophie goes, but what about my photo with it? And Janet's like, no. <laughs> like, I do I do feel like Janet is very us at this point when it comes to Sophie. Because she keeps saying, like, absolutely not. Like, no, thank you. Like, she she's very much not buying into Sophie, and neither are we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Janet is us. No, I love her so much in this scene because Sophie wants this one article and Janet's like, I'm too busy digitizing our entire newspaper so that people can get in. Like, she -hmm. is apparently, you know, really getting in on the ground running with digital news. Yep. And this idea that Sophie just wants one article in, I feel like for Janet that would take nothing. And she's like, no, I'm busy over here. Go away. Exactly. And like – Janet's face when Sophie agrees that having a digital website is a good idea (laughs) was amazing because she's like, damn it. (laughs) Like, truly, I want to know who wrote for Janet and I want to shake their hand. I want to be like, you were saying everything that I think. And then, of course, like, Sophie takes it to the next level, which is probably what Janet was afraid of in the first place, because she's like, well, yeah, this is a good idea, but the site's not very good, so what you need is a live digital feed to see all the hustle and bustle of the newsroom. And that pan around the room while she's <laughs> talking know. about this it's is so hilarious, dirty. because A, it's dirty. Like, why have they not cleaned this place first? <laughs> Number two, there is no one else there. They are all Empty. huddled around one computer. And then three, there's no hustle and bustle, none whatsoever. And so just Janet, Janet is so annoyed with Sophie and I love it. I love it so much. I feel like Sophie is just like a fly today. She's just like, she, I can't get her out. I open mm-hmm. the window and she just stays here. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then we get this very brief moment where we go to the Bellage Hotel and you see just Val and Carl having breakfast. I don't know. But I got very scared that Carl was here by himself and called Val and she went. Well, especially because, like, he was so excited to talk to her and so excited to meet up with her. He's like, I wanted to hear your voice. Like, excuse me? Yeah. He called her during his honeymoon. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Val is an incredible character. But this man Mm -hmm. is in love with her after spending, like, one day in Vegas with her. I guess maybe she, you know, she did make him eggs benedict. I get it. True, like, true. Basically what's happening here, because I kind of don't want to dwell too much on the Carl of it all, is mm-hmm. that this one time really enamored him with Val, and then when she turns him down for a second time or whatever relationship he wants with her, he leaves her mother and just completely leaves the story. We had Carl for like two episodes for no reason. Yeah, and like – yeah, because obviously, like, Val's like, what happened in Vegas was a mistake. Like, we need to, like, like please stop talking to me. And, it, yeah, it'll crash and burn. It'll end suddenly and bye-bye Carl soon. So. Yeah, like, he was just a very minor distraction in mm-hmm. this point. Yep. But then we go to the beach apartment where <laughs> I wrote down they never found Noah, so they went home. Which I don't yeah. think is exactly what happened, but it sounds very funny to me. Well, yeah, because I wrote down Donna and Kelly had been going after Noah and didn't find him. <laughs> so, I just, 
they just they, it's they weird the baseball fields donna <laughs> well and it's weird because it seems like so many people are treating this like just an average day and then also noah's dad's funeral like mm-hmm. it's weird to me that the friends didn't just show up at the funeral like go to work late because we've gotten back to the beach apartment now that they haven't found noah and donna's like oh i'm busy i gotta get back to work Right, and Kelly's like, just blow it off, just play hooky, like, just don't do that stuff, and she's like, but literally, I have to work, like, I have a job, and she's like, but just don't. (laughs) I love that she's like, yeah, the whole time we were sitting there, all I could think about was how I have no problems. (laughs) That's a direct Ma'am, are you serious? (laughs) She's like, I have no problems, no deaths, no things that I wish I got back. You got shot, like, six months ago. Seriously. And she's like, that made me realize I need to live my life. So you should take off work to live my life with me. (laughs) Which I got to say, it is always a sign that we are up for something when Kelly Mm -hmm. makes a grand declaration about how she's changing her view on life. Yep. Like, I don't know what it's going to be here necessarily. I know what we're, you know, leading all this up to, but. I love a good Kelly declaration of like, I'm not going to be that Kelly anymore. I'm going right. to grab life by the horns. Mm-hmm. And then she like keeps pressuring Donna to not work and it works. <laughs> like, <laughs> because Donna is just already so busy. Like mm-hmm. she's got the success. She doesn't need to do anything else. When she was like, I have clients and Kelly was like, oh, just disappoint them. Um. I've been really into the Theranos documentary stuff. Like John and I have watched, we watched the dropout. Then we watched the HBO documentary. Then Mm -hmm. we listened to a two part podcast about it. Like nice. I got everything. And all I could think of was like Elizabeth Holmes is working 16 hours a day and only eating chocolate covered espresso beans and green juice. Donna needs to get her ass in gear. (laughs) I mean, same for Kelly in that manner. Like, (laughs) No, Kelly just wants a cappuccino. It's true. That's true. She does. She wants two cappuccinos. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because we get another very brief moment where you go to the Beverly Beat, and the first thing I wrote in my notes is, David installs a webcam. Who are we going to see bang on it first? (laughs) That's funny. And then, yeah, when it goes live, like, Dan, it's like, ah, the hustle and bustle of the newsroom, (laughs) which is a nice (laughs) callback to the previous scene. Oh my gosh. But it all turns into Steve still thinks he has a chance with Sophie. So David's yeah. like, why are you giving her a job? And Steve is like, yeah, you know, sometimes I get frustrated that she doesn't seem interested in me. And then I do 100 push ups, 500 sit ups, and run three miles. <laughs> and like, good on you, Steve. Like, honestly, stay fit. Stay fit, please. Honestly, I feel like that is literally a like contemporary romance male main character like they're just Mm -hmm. pining after the woman who doesn't love them back so they go to the gym to work out classic 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 that makes me think of like the good place when they're trying to work out all the like kinks once um they realize that uh the main four know it's the good place or know it's the bad place and they keep rebooting them and stuff and and they try to make (laughs) eleanor's soulmate that one guy who just anytime he's asked something uncomfortable he's just like i gotta go to the gym and he like rips off his shirt and like goes to the gym 
I mean, that's basically Steve. Every time someone's like, Steve, I need you to do some hard work. He's like, I got to go run three miles. Exactly. Sorry. But yeah. So then we cut back to Kelly and Donna who have gone out, gotten some coffee, just wandering around. And Kelly says that Sophie is carefree and she envies that about her. And all I can think about is that Sophie is basically Val Light and Kelly has no idea what she's talking about. No, it's true. It's like Sophie is like not as manipulative in the sense that she doesn't seem to like the, I guess, she doesn't seize opportunities to manipulate people. She makes a plan about it. Whereas Val's like, I'll make a plan for this one thing, but then anything else that happens to come up, I'll take advantage of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, it's like, like they, as they're walking, yeah, Kelly almost looks like she's, <laughs> Kelly looks like she's walking like Sandra Bullock when, in Miss Congeniality, she's trying to glide like Michael Caine <laughs> tells her to. <laughs> she's holding her cappuccino and she's like trying to look carefree and just can't. <laughs> What does he say in that? Is he's walking away, he's like, don't I look pretty? Yeah, and then she's like doing that funky walk and walks right into a taxi cab. She's like, hey, I'm gliding here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and they like completely have the opportunity to see through Sophie in this moment when Kelly mentions that Steve is interested in her and Donna's like, mm -hmm. I thought she was seeing David. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, this would be a perfect time to meddle. Like, perfect. people choose times to meddle, like, so poorly in this show. And this would have been a perfect time. And they're just like, huh. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Like. <laughs> I mean, literally, because then Kelly sees the hot guy at the coffee stand who turns mm -hmm. out to be Matt. So I'm just going to call him Matt. Yeah. But he's reading and she walks behind him, makes no effort to, like. Get him to look up from his paper and then just sits there and stares at him. What is she doing? It's so funny because even Don is like, um, I don't think he's going to turn around and see <laughs> you standing here. <laughs> and then like Kelly gets distracted. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Kelly's acting. Kelly is acting like she has had two cappuccinos. I'll tell you that. Yeah. True. Because she sees an empty storefront and she's like, Donna, we have got to open a store together. And I kind of love that for several reasons. Number one, it gives us a location that is kind of like the Beverly Beat, but for the girls. Mm -hmm. um, and number two, it gives Kelly something to do. And number three, I do feel like Kelly has been waiting for something to like be passionate about, like since obviously because she was very passionate about the clinic mm -hmm. and this can be something now I don't know that she knows anything about running a business at all but she at least was an office manager basically at the clinic so she's like a little bit more familiar with how the day in day out kind of day-to-day -day runs you know so she could learn all of the like leasing stuff and the like financials and like all that kind of she could learn that mm -hmm. like I'm convinced but this just does kind of feel like a good little passion project for her that might spin off into something else later. So I'm not mad at it. I just think it's unrealistic. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely unrealistic. But I agree with you. Like what I really like 
in this show, and I feel like we talk about it, is when characters are forced to spend time together so that we can actually, like, organically create things. Like, people living Mm -hmm. in Casa Walsh that's got three bedrooms. When the beach apartment had three people occupying three bedrooms. The Beverly Beat, where we like, for the most part, everyone there. And sometimes there are up to four people working there. Right. And... Now we'll have this where you've got Kelly and Donna working in the store. Maybe they hire somebody else when they get busy. But then we also have Matt upstairs as like the friendly neighbor. Like Right. Exactly. Yeah. We've just got so much more opportunity here. And I think it makes sense for Kelly to be with Donna and try this out. I I like that pairing. So I'm good with mm-hmm. it. Me too. What I don't like is – okay. So – David DJing at the After Dark is just the thing now, right? Like, he bartends when he's not working for the DJ radio station, and then he only DJs here, even though the whole idea was to DJ at multiple clubs. Well, and that's what I don't understand, is, like, you also see above him is, like, the on-air sign or whatever. Yeah, he's got a DJ booth now. Yeah, so, first of all, the DJ booth looks like it's right in the middle of the dance floor, and you can't tell me otherwise. Like, it looks like it's in such a poor place in the club um it kind of reminds me of like sort of how you know in parks and rec when ron had was put in the like circular desk <laughs> just in the middle and he had to swivel yeah and it was just in the middle and it was giant like that's what it makes me think of because it's like such a poor placement it's like i don't know why they assembled this this way and put it here but okay i also don't understand why it's a radio show that's broadcast from the pee pad but he's also djing like I don't get it. That's the thing. I was trying to think about this and, you know, radio stations run presumably 24 hours a day. I'm not awake 24 hours, but like you would get late night radio shows that would play like dancing music and stuff. But the idea that he would work for this radio station multiple days doing Mm -hmm. this, like this kind of seems like maybe just like a Friday night gig. I really don't understand what's happening. I just don't get it. Right. And like kind of like to that point, like if it regardless of if it's a one day, a two day, a five day, whatever it is, it still just feels weird because there's this whole like club going on and he's like taking calls. I was going to. Yeah, there's a call in aspect at like 11 o'clock at night in the club. I'm sorry if I went to a club and somebody called in asking for advice about how to talk to a girl. Yeah, I would leave the club like. I've mentioned how I would go to the pee pad just to watch the gang be dramatic. This would kill it for me. Yeah. Because, like, what I'm confused on is it seems like, and I think I'm right about this, it seems like this is being broadcast over the loudspeakers in the I pee pad. I think it is. So I it's really am- think it is. Amidst all of the music and dancing. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like there's a point where he's talking to Steve and Steve's like, oh, yeah, we heard the whole thing or we heard the caller. Yeah. I don't know. I swear that comes up. Yeah, I think later. Mm. But, yeah, so this there's this, like, brief scene where you see David doing this. He's answering a call. I did not register anything about the call because you just see Sophie, like, I fucking him from the attention. other side of the booth. Yeah, exactly. I didn't either. I wrote down nothing. I said, David's taking calls on the radio. Uh, Sophie keeps trying to get his attention through the window. Yeah. And then this is when Abby, (laughs) this is when Abby tells Val that Carl left. Yeah. She says like, oh, he's getting an annulment. 
Val just tries to say that Carl's a jerk. She's too good for him. And then basically lies and says, like, she has no idea why he would want to get an annulment or what happened. Mm-hmm. But then we cut outside. And most importantly, Noah is driving drunk. He is literally drinking out of a flask while he's driving and swerving. Mm-hmm. And he gets pulled over for a sobriety test. And he just completely blows it. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I wasn't driving erratically. And then they just, like, pick up the flask. And he's like, that's not mine. You can't just do that. (laughs) You did not hide this at all. But he gets arrested. He gets charged with driving under the influence. And the whole time this is happening, he's like, D is for dad. And death. And he said Daniel, maybe? Yeah, that's his dad's name. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, like, not taking this well. Yeah, and and it really is sad because, like, he doesn't really have anyone, but he's also doing that by choice, right? Like, he he has people. He just won't let people near him or help him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So (laughs) the next morning – I'm just going to skip the Sophie thing for right now because we can focus on what's happening with Noah. Um, So the next morning, you know, Kelly and Donna are going to look at the – storefront again and Matt stops by and it turns out he has an office upstairs he's an attorney he's like oh yeah I know like a contractor I know a guy that does windows I know all sorts of stuff for build outs if y'all end up renting this space and we find out that he's basically like a low budget defender like he's just making sure that people get defense but he mentions that they're all like on parole right well so this is the part where Donna has taken a phone call She finds out from Val, who was Noah's call, that he's been arrested for a DUI. And then Matt's like, oh, does he need representation? And now Matt's getting in with the group. Which is so interesting that we get this immediately. Because, like, obviously I know Matt. Like, I've seen the show, so I know Matt. I know his quote-unquote importance in the show. Um, I remember him much more than I did Sophie. (laughs) So, um but yeah, so it's, it's just so funny how like easily they slipped him in when I think Mary mentioned before we started recording, we have had Janet for so long, but yet so little. <laughs> so little. It's like they didn't know how to integrate her into the group yet, even though she's been around for like, this is her second season. So yeah, she's in the credits now and she still does yeah. nothing. Exactly. I'm like, okay, well. I guess that's – they can integrate somebody easily. They just didn't. <laughs> yeah, no. We expected Janet to be a new main cast character, but she's contractually obligated Janet. Mm-hmm. Just like contractually obligated Nat. hmm Yeah, and then it's another thing where after – apparently Val gets this call from Noah. She calls Donna and then just goes to work. Yeah. Because – she pulls up to the pee pad where Carl is waiting for her. Ew. Very ew. And it, it basically turns into Val, like, really standing up for herself. And I thought that was going to be good. Like, Me too. Or I guess not standing up for herself, but really, like. But, like, but like drawing a line in the sand. Like, he's like, you're not returning my calls. And she's like, because I hate you. 
<laughs> which was amazing. And Carl's like under this illusion that they had something. And Val's like, because I slept with you in Vegas? Like, wh- you know, how is this? She's like, no. And then she feels remorse because she's like, look, I made a promise to myself that I would live my life semi-decently. And then I go and do this. So she's being like self-deprecating, but also like clear that no, they do not have anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is fully acknowledging that what they did was wrong, and she just storms mm-hmm. off. And I think yeah. that is literally the last time we see Carl. I think so, too. Yeah. So, okay, so going back to Sophie now, um, this is the day that her article comes out. It's in the newspaper, which she brings to David, and he's mad at her, and she's like, is this because I left in the middle of the night again? I had to go find a newsstand that carried the Beverly Beat. At three in the morning, assuming she left at the same time. Which, again, really confuses me of what is the distribution of the Beverly Beach? <laughs> is it good or is she like, I had to get up at 3 a.m. because I can't find a place. I needed the four hours. Or was she assuming that it was going to be sold out because it had her face on it? <laughs> this is their big break. I'm in it. Mm-hmm. But David gets really mad at her and he's like, do you think Steve knows that you're only friends with him to get famous? And she gets upset, but then Which goes with him to work anyway at the Beverly Beat. Exactly. Because I'm like, like, I this is where I'm like tired of this because David still keeps going back and forth on, oh, my best friend Steve, like, why are you doing this to him? I'm like, it takes two to tango. You are also doing this to him. Just to think with her. He says that, but then, like, doesn't stop seeing her, doesn't stop doing anything about it. Exactly. So I'm like, it's just, I'm over it. Yeah. But then Sophie does go to the Beverly Beat, where the webcam is pointed directly at her, and now she has a desk next to Brandon's. I don't know how that happened, where that came from. But she wants to okay this is another one she wants to write an article about david and steve is just like yeah the club needs the advertising like are they all just suffering would they all (laughs) be homeless if casa walsh didn't exist for them yes i think the answer is yes every time they talk they're like oh yeah we can help our friends struggling business like no one gets your paper because it's only ever about the 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 pee pad yeah exactly Oh, but the, and then at some point I didn't write that Janet calls Steve a sick man and he growls at her. Uh-huh. So Janet did that this week. <laughs> and she was us. <laughs> so I mean truly, like, yes, if I could go back in time, look Steve Sanders in the eye and call him a sick man, I would. Yeah, and like also earlier when she was just like, Hey Sophie, you're blocking the hustle and bustle of the newsroom. <laughs> I love her so much. Oh, uh, she's the like, best. Janet's the MVP of this show, and they don't even know what they have. Mm-hmm. So we finally get Noah out of jail, I guess. And Donna's like, why didn't you call me? Why did I have to hear this from Val? And he says he feels like a jerk. Matt introduces him and then takes him up for his arraignment, where he proceeds to plead not guilty, even yeah. though he's probably still drunk, if we're being honest. Right, and like... Matt is trying to tell him that, like, he can spin this, like, let's talk about, but then he's also, like, talking about the consequences of this, like, hey, if you, you know, you've got to, you've got 
your loss of license potentially or suspension, you know, insurance goes up, like you got to go to AA meetings. Also, I charged $300 an hour, which was an amazing power move at that moment. <laughs> I loved the idea that he was just like, sorry, I charge more because you're drunk on my streets. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the thing too, is like, this is why I think Matt has potential because mm-hmm. even though he's doing some of these cases that are like, you know, like obviously like Noah did it, like Noah knows he did it. Everybody knows that Noah drove drunk. He, Matt still takes this case because he's like, at the end of it, he's like, I don't want you on the streets potentially killing someone. So it's almost like he, even though he tries to get him off, he's trying to like, I said, I don't like the way that sounded, even though he's trying to uh, prove that he's not guilty, he is still trying to educate and say, like, look, the reason I'm, like, even representing you is because I hope you learn from this, because at least if you're here, then that means you're not driving drunk on the street, you know? Truly, this was the point in the episode where I was like, I think I might like Matt. Like, I don't want to jump straight in because we've been burned before, (laughs) but in this moment, I think I like him. Um, I think he does have good he he, I think he's a good actor right now like he's not overacting Mm -hmm. and and I think I like that so far yeah I think that really helps since Noah has just been like acting very erratically recently so like Mm -hmm. we we don't have a lot of good right now in the in in the male actors especially with Brandon being gone this week and then when he's here he's acting like a crazy person right um okay but I I do have a question though before we met Noah and when we like found out Noah's whole backstory about his girlfriend that died in the car mm-hmm. accident, weren't they drunk then too? And he I was driving? So. Yeah. So, so yeah. how is that not coming up? Like I feel like if this is Noah's second DUI in a matter of like, I don't know, five years, we'll say like maybe seven since he got his mm-hmm. license even, like – that's bad. He should be in jail. He should not have a license. Plot holes. <laughs> I just That's literally why. in my like Matt's mentioning fines and this stuff and Noah should be like I accidentally committed vehicular homicide under the influence. Yep. Like I, we should I, really talk about these things. Yeah, he should have been like I'm sure I'll be fine. <laughs> like cuz he's <laughs> already done this. I've gotten off before. Mhm. I'm not changing that. oh my gosh okay but then drama of all dramas Mm -hmm. sorry I wrote this next paragraph in like all caps so I'm gonna try and keep it in but we go back to the pee pad where I guess Val has called Abby and is like it's about Carl and so Abby comes running in and is like Carl called what what did he say to you and then like she ends up saying like my husband just left me what could be more important than that and I'm like Oh, if only you knew. And then, well. <laughs> yeah, no, because Val goes, um, our relationship. And Abby's like, whatever it is, it can wait. And then Val tells her what she did with Carl. Yep. So Abby yells back at her. And this feels like a very, like, I don't want to say classic, but like what happens in TV shows and stuff when they portray a abusive relationship when you just want to like go ahead and start the fight and get the fight over with and escalate the fight so it goes as far as it's gonna go because Val does not have to take this moment to tell her mom that not only did she sleep with Carl but she also murdered her own father she doesn't Mm -hmm. have to do that Mm -hmm. but she's choosing to and her mom is like I had no idea you hated me so much you're sick and like it's just it's kind of like a really 
bad fight. Oh, it's a terrible fight. And I like I understand why Val Val felt the need to say something because she's been this has been weighing on her mind for a long mm-hmm. time now and she hasn't found the quote unquote right opportunity. Now, the argument could be made that there will never be a right opportunity, so it's probably better off just not telling her, but I think the point is is like she felt she had to tell her. She didn't know when the right time was. This was the only time because she's getting everything else out. So to her, this was the right time. Now, had she been in therapy, she probably would have been told some very different things and kind of walked back some of the stuff that she had done, said whatever, and things would have gone differently. However, I also think that Val was probably taking into consideration how Abby is and has been and is like, well, Honestly, things probably can't get any worse. I have probably given up on any kind of relationship that I can have with her. So let's just get it all out there. Not expecting any consequences whatsoever. (laughs) I mean, truly, what consequences can you really expect when you tell your mother all of those things? Mm Mm-hmm. But we actually don't find that out for a while. We actually see a couple of times where Val is, like, not answering phones and going places specifically to avoid her mother. Right. But first, we go back to this, like, coffee shop courtyard area. I feel like I need a better name for it. I don't really know what to call it yet because the store doesn't have a name. The store doesn't exist. Yeah. I called it, like, the shopping space. Like, that. I I had no no way to call it either. (laughs) I can't wait to find out what they call it. And I hope it is Mm -hmm. something either peach-related or literally called the shopping space. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. (laughs) The shopping space by Donna Martin. Like, (laughs) such an attempt at, like, a fancy name and it doesn't work. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, Kelly's at the shopping space and Matt is there too. I guess he's – this is the point where he's, like, ordered a coffee for his client. It's, like, his last bit of cash and he's, like, and now my client's late and I don't even know what to do. But and. It was interesting that he said that was his last money because it still continues the theme that everybody is struggling. <laughs> yes. And he, he mentions this backstory that he used to work for Phelps Hatton and Cahill, which I guess Kelly recognizes. Like, okay, good on him then. But yeah. he doesn't work there anymore. So we've got like, you know, little sprinklings of maybe an interesting thing going on here. Yeah. But his client Lenny eventually shows up and Kelly's like, I recognize you from somewhere. And – I just I'm usually so good with faces, but I don't I can't connect the two here. Mm-hmm. And then there's a weird moment where Matt has Lenny take a Polaroid of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, "What is happening right now?" Like, it was so I literally weird. my sentence says Lenny shows up and Kelly thinks he looks familiar. Then Matt pulls out a Polaroid camera and takes a picture of them. <laughs> yeah, it was very much an excuse to take a picture with her, but then. Like, she's like, yeah, she was like, oh, I'm usually so good with faces. And Matt's like, well, here, so you never forget mine. Like, (laughs) he's just flirting, but it's really weird. Because, like, Kelly's mind is somewhere else. And he's like, no, no, back on me. (laughs) Yeah. So then we get the next scene where Noah has come to the pee pad and Val's ignoring her mother. And then Noah's pissed at Val for telling Donna about the DUI. Yeah, and, like, the phone rings, he picks it up, the coffee machine is fixed, apparently, and 
no one wants Val to pick it up. But yeah, because like of all the like anger about telling Don, like all this weird stuff, they have a weird banter about like not talking about stuff. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to tell you. Great. You know, like what, you know, all that back and forth. And they both just leave to go get the machine. It was a weird scene. It was a weird scene. Yeah. There's a lot of those where like, I feel like they're trying to get something out of it, like Noah acknowledging that Val calls Donna or mm-hmm. Val acknowledging her mother, but it was just a weird thrown-in scene. And then, yeah, they leave to go get a coffee maker. But then we go back to the shopping space where Matt is like, oh, I'm representing Noah now. And so everything starts getting real blurry in that client lawyer privilege confidential because – Donna just starts telling him everything about Noah's life. Yep. And then he leaves his client files at the store. And Kelly picks them up and looks at him. She's like, oh, my God, that guy's a wife beater. Like, first of all, Matthew, please take your – don't leave your files just casually hanging out. Like, don't do that, sir. Secondly, this is Kelly we're talking about. Kelly gets involved in everything. Okay, so literally also at this point, every time that he talks to Donna, I'm like, I don't know who he's flirting with. Like, yeah, I know he knows that Noah exists, but I don't think that Noah's a threat to anyone right now. So I no. feel like Matt kind of like kind of has a little bit of flirty behavior with Donna, but I can't really tell. But then as soon as he's a lawyer leaving his client stuff out and his job as a defender, defend, yeah, defender, um, clashes with kelly's beliefs you know they're gonna end up together oh for sure because there's gonna be some like moral thing or like some bond over a certain situation or or even like an enemies to lover kind of thing which is great like we need that um Mm -hmm. i don't think we've had that in a minute um but yeah you know they're gonna put them together absolutely like literally as soon as she's like i know that guy he beats his wife i'm you know, she's the victim. I'm on her side, which is what it should be. But then mm-hmm. the fact that Matt is giving this man his constitutional right to defense, Kelly cannot abide. Which Yeah, she's <laughs> we've seen it before. So I'm not surprised. It's just great because like even like even during that conversation, like I think both sides have a really excellent point. You know, Kelly's mm-hmm. like, No, you have to understand the situation. And he's like I do understand the situation just because I'm representing him because everybody deserves representation doesn't mean I condone what he does. And Kelly's mm-hmm. like, well, it's wrong. You know, like it's, it's like they both are kind of in a stalemate because they both are kind of right. And it's like, yeah, I don't know how defenders do it. Like I really don't like, Mm-mm. because you're literally having to come up with something and, and sometimes in a heinous and kind of morally gray area, of, of telling somebody who is right they're wrong and trying to get the person who did a crime to be free, right? So I don't know how they do it from a moral standpoint, but I think it's an interesting dance here because as a lawyer, he's like, I know the law, I understand the law, but as a human being, I don't agree. You know, like it's, so he's trying to say like, I, I'm on your side, but I have a job. And she's like, but it shouldn't matter, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to talk about the Noah thing now because in Law and Order 90210, his trial is the day after his arraignment, which is the morning after his arrest. We're already there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so, like, you know, a couple of other things happen. But when they actually get to the trial, Matt is, like, 
trying to get Noah off on a technicality. He spent all that time saying, you're, you know, I don't want a drunk in my streets. I'm going to charge you extra. But then his argument to get Noah off was that the uh, breathalyzer wasn't properly calibrated at the time of his breathalyzer, even though he was 0.09 and he was literally drunk last night. Right. And like, Matt isn't wrong. Like, that's what's so interesting about the situation is because he found a way to try to get Noah not guilty that wasn't a lie you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it was a technicality but it also was like had nothing to do with the fact that Noah was in fact drunk and driving at the same time like it was interesting that they did it that way so I appreciate that because that actually does jive with what we know at this point about Matt like, he doesn't mm-hmm. believe in what Noah did at all. He's like, no, you suck. However, I'm going to find a way to kind of make the argument that still says you suck, but also so did the technology, right? Yeah. He's like, it's my job to get you off because mm-hmm. you deserve a constitutional right to defense or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But, yeah, he's saying, he's saying like, yes, he blew a point zero nine. We're not negating that fact. However, the thing that read the point zero nine technically should have been calibrated three people ago and i love the judge just being like drunk is drunk <laughs> oh you so now bad. have a fine you have probation you have to do a 90-day alcohol treatment program and you have 12 aa meetings i'm over this bye <laughs> i love it i feel like she probably just has that on a stamp right she's like post-it note here <laughs> say this but yeah so we can we can jump back probably at this point because everything else that happens at the trial has nothing to do with this. Yeah, I think not the, this part of it at least. Right. I think the next thing that happened chronologically was at the pee pad um when David's again doing the radio show, Steve and Sophie are there together this time, which again, I'm over it. And so over it. David ends up walking up to them cuz like I think he has that call in again. Mhm. And David walks up to them talking about the advice he was giving and they do this like that typical little dance around like talking about their exact situation, but it's not about their situation. It's disguised. And as something Steve has not. no idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, again, I'm over it. I wrote down no quotes in that scene because I don't care. I don't care. The only thing that came out of that is, you know, David's doing his like, yeah, I'm talking about the collar, but I'm really talking about us. And does the jealousy thing. And Sophie's like, yeah, we're working together on an article about you. Like, we're not negating the fact that you're still using Steve. It doesn't matter that you're writing it about David and that this triangle means nothing. Right. And using David for that matter. Yeah. Because he's pissed at her. Like, they Mm -hmm. separate pretty much on bad terms at this point. Right. And then, yeah, we see Noah – is drunk. It's the night before his trial for drunk driving. He drunkenly drives himself to the beach apartment. And honestly, good on Donna for saying he can't come in when he's like this and calling a cab home. Yeah, 100%. Because he's like, he's asking her to let him into the apartment. And she's like, funny, I wish you would do the same thing for me and let me into what's going on with you. And then like, yeah, to your point, she's like, I don't want you to be around here when you're not sober. So mm-hmm. you can sit there. I'm going to call you a cab. You cannot leave yet. You have to wait for this cab. So I appreciate 
I think Donna's doing all the right things here. She's trying to get Noah to let her in. Still kind of keeping to his terms. Like, she's not really forcing it. But Mm -hmm. then when it comes to, yeah, a literal dangerous situation, she does the right thing there, too. Yeah. So she sends him home. And then we see Sophie and David meet at the Beverly Beat at, like, 3 a.m. or something. That's the theme of this episode. This episode should have been called 3 (laughs) a.m. And we're going to have to talk about the title of the episode when we get to the end of this. Because it makes no sense. But okay. So long story short, like Sophie is like, I can't hurt Steve, but I promise I'm going to move out of Casa Walsh that he's not in our relationship or whatever you want to call what she and David has. Um, And David's like, okay, good. Because I'm tired of lying to my friends. The sneaking around is over. And then she's like, Mm -hmm. but are we over? And then they start making out. He's like, wait, there's a camera. So she throws her sweater on it, which immediately falls over. (laughs) And then they start banging on her desk in front of the camera that we find out later you can literally just turn around. It's on a tripod. Yep. And literally, like, like at this same time, Steve has decided he needs a little midnight snack of grapes. (laughs) A midnight grapes and webcam of his own (laughs) office that he should know is empty. Right? He's like, let me go log on to the website real quick and just see what's going on. Okay, maybe he is looking at, like, hits or something, and they put the Mm -hmm. webcam on the main page. But at the same time, very flimsy of a way to make this happen. Oh, for sure. And then, like, yeah, he's shocked, whatever. Then the next morning, he immediately goes to David's house with boxes of Sophie's stuff and throws all that stuff at him. And... David's just like, what is what is this? <laughs> and it's all Sophie's stuff. Sophie runs out and says she's sorry. And then Steven. Steven Sanders says, you are an opportunistic, selfish bitch. Which, like, okay, Steve. Who's talking here? True. I mean, like, that's the thing. Steve never really got to know Sophie. Whereas David did. Granted, Sophie only told Steve what she wanted to. So there's a difference there. And he's not wrong about who she is, but like, whoa. (laughs) Well, okay. And then, you know, he gets pissed and storms off. David turns to Sophie and is like, you know, it's your fault that Steve is this hurt. And she looks at David and is like, he called me a whore. And David didn't say anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's giving her grief about classes, calls her moving into the dorms a lie. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I don't. I really think you missed the part where Steve called me when he called me. Like, let's go back to that. And I'm like, okay, good. Finally, this is over. We're good. So I really hope it is. Yeah. Yeah, this is – I think I told you all last episode I I couldn't take it, and I looked up how many episodes Sophie is in. So I know exactly how long she's here. Oh, God. Which tells me that she's still going to be here for a little while. (laughs) At least a little while longer. Great. But at the same time that Steve is having his moment over at David's, Kelly has gone to Matt's office to confront him about Lenny and return the files. And he's like, oh, yeah, I thought I I left those just out in the open, these confidential case files (laughs) that violate my oath. (laughs) Yeah. And this is where they have the – argument where he says that everyone has their right to defense and 
Kelly is like, you're acting like a lawyer. It's like, uh-huh. Because <laughs> she's like, I know who Lenny is. He beats his wife. And he's like, did she go on record about that? Like asking for evidence. And she's like, shut up. I said it. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm telling you, she's just – she's being – She's not actually whining like that. I'm putting no. the inflection on, but she's being like that. Well, and like to kind of continue with that, um, because like there's like one other scene with Val that happens, but continuing on with the Matt Kelly of it all, like Brandon finally calls Kelly and she asks how the interview went. Like we don't hear Brandon on the other side, but then Matt came in and gives her like a frame that framed picture of the two of them and i'm like that's an expensive frame um <laughs> then claims that she's not good at second chances and he doesn't know how right she is he is um seriously <laughs> but then she's like like leah gave lenny and walks away and i kind of loved that because it's true like they both are right <laughs> that's the thing like the it would actually be really funny to me if they dated and they were constantly at stalemates because she mm -hmm. can only see things emotionally and he can like he can see the emotions but he has to turn it off to be the defender right. and then they still can't have conversations which is a problem in Kelly's relationships overall and so they have to call Brandon to like send them a letter. <laughs> oh my god that'd be amazing. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights, like coming to visit me in Amsterdam. And really, everything you just mentioned benefits me. I genuinely feel better after using Liquid IV. I'm refreshed, I'm hydrated, and I feel like I can conquer the day just like Brandon Walsh. Or Volleyball Steve. <laughs> I especially love the new flavor, Seaberry, especially during the summer so I can pretend like I'm on a tropical island. Or I'll go with an iconic classic, like the Beverly Beach Club, with a lemon-lime flavor while I'm waiting for the grunions to run. Also, it's pretty neat that Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code 90210. That's 90210. At checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code 90210 at liquidiv.com. Yeah, the thing that happened with Abby and Val, though, I kind of don't want to talk too much about because this is basically just Abby saying that she's she's like, murder is wrong, but that's for the courts to decide. And basically yeah. insinuates to Val that she's going to turn her in for murdering her father. And it's just so interesting. Like, yeah, I don't we don't need to spend too much time on it because like this has just been beating a dead horse like over and over and over with the storyline. It just finally like all of it came out. So now it's like, OK, what do we do now? And it's just so interesting that Abby is so quick to be like, yep, you're wrong, not anybody else, just you, and we're going to turn you in. Yeah, she definitely says some other stuff that's like really insinuating that Val is the one at fault for everything in her life. Yeah. And I just, I don't want to talk about it. It grosses me out. 
Yeah, me too. And we've talked about it so much. Like, I mean, everybody, I hope everybody that listens to this podcast knows where we stand on all this. So, (laughs) Seriously. Um, And, like, honestly, there's really not much else that happens. Like, we already talked about how Sophie goes to – like, I'm pretty sure she's sleeping in the Beverly Beat, which what gives her any right because Steve just kicked her out of his house. Yep, yep. But – this is when she turns the camera and then is performatively sad in front of it. Yep. Just stares at it. Just stares at it. And then, yeah. you know, we get the resolution of, like, that guy that was calling in the pee pad and the girl treated on him. So he's all upset. And David's just like, yep, that happens okay. all the time. <laughs> I have a question here. The guy says that he drove to Canada to buy the girl the beer she likes. And they're in Southern California. <laughs> Where is he listening to this radio station from? I have to know. I have to know. No idea. It's the only thing I got out of that. I still could, even though they spelled it out for us, I don't think I know the parallels between this guy and David and Sophie. And I don't care. Yeah, I just didn't pay attention enough to like be able to comment on it. So sorry, guys. If y'all you know, heard it correctly and paid attention, let us know what we missed. Or don't. Let us know. (laughs) You heard it and we're fine. Yeah. But then the last thing is that Noah does a voiceover. So after his trial, which Donna also went to, I feel like Donna is just always being there for Noah, probably to a Mm -hmm. fault, even though she's trying to give the distance. Like she's giving him a lot more than he deserves. I think showing up to his arraignment, bringing a lawyer, being there for his trial the next day. But he gives her the eulogy that he wrote for his dad. And so the last thing you see is Donna reading the eulogy while Noah does a voiceover and he's just driving and crying. And, like, got to admit, I didn't really pay attention to the voiceover either. So I just noticed that Noah's crying and driving. Yeah, it was... Was his eulogy the one where he was talking about how his dad would come into his room and just, like, stare out the window and cry? Sure. (laughs) I really didn't pay attention, and I didn't write down anything. (laughs) I might literally be making that up. I don't remember. I swear to God, no one was like, I would pretend to be asleep, and my dad would just walk into my room and start crying, and then he would leave and say, goodnight, Noah, and walk away. That sounds good enough. <laughs> Mary, did I make that up? Honestly, I wrote down, Donna stares at the speech. Noah does a voiceover of it. Noah drives and cries. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost literally what I wrote, but I swear to God, this is not a fake story. I'm going to just believe you. Yeah, I believe you very much. It's a very weird thing to put in a eulogy, which just feels right for them. Like, even if it's not what happened, it's better than what was there, probably. Oh, almost definitely. And that's don't ask, don't tell. And I guess, because you said you wanted to talk about what this title meant. And, I mean, I don't know. But I guess the only thing I can think of is, like, the... um, the Val and Abby stuff, you know, like Val blurting out, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, because if you, if Abby doesn't ask, then Val wouldn't 
tell, but like that could be applied to other things, I guess, of like <laughs> Noah getting pulled over and them being like, are you drunk? And you'd be like, I don't know. Like that's technically yeah, right? not telling. <laughs> yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense. I got nothing. Um, but do you have a quote of the week? Oh, it's anytime uh, Janet repeated anything about the hustle and bustle of the newsroom when she <laughs> when she first heard it, and then she goes, "Ah, the hustle and bustle of the newsroom." And then later, when the camera is installed and it's just pointed at Sophie putting on makeup, "Hey, Sophie, you're blocking the hustle and bustle of the newsroom." <laughs> it's just, oh, it made me laugh every time. <laughs> So I do have a quote, but I don't remember who said it, Um, but it was when Kelly and Donna were drinking their cappuccinos and walking down the street, and one of them says, and people say I'm a good judge of character. Kelly said that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I literally wrote, no, we do not. But I wrote, nobody says that. She used to be. be. (laughs) There were like maybe three seasons of this show that we were like, Kelly is supposed to be intuitive. Yes. We don't say that anymore. We were going to die on that hill. And then all of a sudden we're like, crap, no, she's not. (laughs) Like we can't have said Kelly is a good judge of character anytime past the cult. I was thinking the same thing. I was going to say high school. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing about the cult. I was like, ever since that cult, (laughs) her intuition has died. I'm telling you, yeah, college was not good to Kelly. No. Uh, Mary, what about you? Do you have quotes? Do you have a moment? Um, I wrote down um, a couple, and they're kind of just throwaway things, like Donna asking Kelly, you feel good knowing Noah feels bad? <laughs> I really liked that moment, because Kelly was just like, well, no, but yes. Yep. <laughs> and then Kelly saying, and people say I'm a good judge of character. Again, girl, no, they no, they fucking don't. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was literally it for quotes. Um, as for moments, though, it is definitely Sophie describing her vision for this webcam and just pointing out all of the things that don't fucking exist in this room, <laughs> like newsboys running around and throwing ideas places it's like look around this doesn't exist (laughs) this is a three to four person newspaper (laughs) maximum yeah on a good week brandon's not even here and he's the only one that writes articles exactly oh my also can we talk about how sophie basically put live streamed porn on a news website like I know it happened at three o'clock in the morning and I know it's a local paper but I promise you this should have been a bigger deal than it was oh 100 and like they should have like probably noticed that the sweater fell off like or just move to a different desk or just move the camera like or just there's a couch home yeah or went home yeah yeah or it didn't – God, was it Brandon and Kelly that were banging in the newsroom and Steve was upset about it? Yeah, but I think they, they were like in the copier, like the copy room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just saying, David. Oh, I miss Kelly and Brandon the happy years. <laughs> <laughs> I already miss them. <laughs> Honestly, like Brandon wasn't in this episode and you could tell. Yeah. 
You really could. When he called Kelly and then, like, we didn't hear the conversation at all, I was like, give it to me. Like, yeah. Weirdly, I want to know how Brandon's doing. <laughs> I know. Ugh. Oh, do you think he saw a show while he was in New York? Is he a Broadway kid? Definitely. I definitely think he is. I don't know why, but that feels so right for him. Brenda would tell him which ones to go to. That's true. He would also probably like, go to like a Rangers game, like for hockey or whatever, while he's there. Absolutely. Baseball, hockey, basketball, whatever he could get yeah. his hands on. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I still have no idea what Don't Ask, Don't Tell means, but what's next week's episode? Guys. I don't think we're going to have the same problem (laughs) next week week is season nine, episode five, Brandon leaves the toilet seat up. (laughs) It's a two-parter and the following episode is a dot, 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 the toilet seat. (laughs) I mean, but like, like, I'm going to have to process some feelings, you know? I know. I know. Hopefully they do him a good job. I hope so. I I don't have a lot of faith. Yeah. Like, I remember Dylan, like, having to pull, like, a cat out of a motorcycle bag or something <laughs> when he left. Oh, my God. Forgot about that. Um, but okay. We'll see what that's about next week and until then you can follow us on instagram at back to podcast and you can send us an email if you want with anything you'd like to say at back to podcast at gmail.com that's b-a-c-k-t-o podcast at gmail.com i remember what i'm supposed to do on this show (laughs) and don't forget to uh leave us a review in apple (laughs) podcast And share, like, subscribe, tell all your friends and family about it. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community. And then we can give you all a better product. And if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I have to go brainstorm names for Donna and Kelly's new store. I am going to block the hustle and bustle of the newsroom. And I don't have any problems. Bye. (laughs) Bye. See ya. I cannot believe her.